This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On the afternoon of June 4, 2004, the small mountain town of Granby, Colorado would bear witness to a destructive scene that would last over two hours and leave their streets in ruins. Granby, Colorado is situated about 140 kilometers northwest of Denver, roughly 25 kilometers southwest of Rocky Mountain National Park, and has a population of around 1,800 residents. Nestled in the heart of the Rocky Mountains, Granby is known as a recreation paradise, with a variety of outdoor activities. Throughout the year, the resort town hosts several events including art exhibits, food festivals, and an Oktoberfest celebration. Violent crimes are almost unheard of in this idyllic town, with the overall crime rate about 60% less than the national average. The vast majority of offenses committed in Granby involve theft and property damage, Usually, nothing too serious. That was until 52-year-old Marvin John Hemeyer decided to show the residents of Granby what property damage could really look like. Scott, when you say took out, how much damage has there been done Total. in these buildings? Total the buildings. The buildings are on the ground, is that yep. correct? Yep. If you'll stay with me, show you just a little bit of some of the uh, crazy things that this man has done over the course of the past hour and a half. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to True. Born in South Dakota, Marvin Hemeyer moved to Grand Lake, Colorado a town near Granby, in 1991 after his service in the U.S. Air Force ended. He was not married, had no children, and had no relatives in the Granby or Grand Lake areas, but he fell in love with the state's beauty during his time stationed there. His friends and neighbors described him as an enjoyable person who would bend over backwards for anyone. And while he was generally well-liked by those who knew him, there were those who were more familiar with his other side the one with the angry and volatile temperament. As one close associate explained, if Marv was your friend, he was your best friend. But if he decided that he was your enemy, then he was your worst and most dangerous enemy. In one instance, Hemeyer allegedly threatened to kill a customer when they refused to pay him for a faulty muffler he had installed. In another documented example, Hemeyer nearly became violent with a reporter who was interviewing him about his fight to legalize gambling in town. When Hemeyer learned the editorial piece was anti-gambling, he was furious and made no attempt to hide it. His quick-fused temper and fondness for holding grudges became well known to residents and town officials. Hemeyer was a skilled welder, and soon after arriving in Grand Lake, he opened a small chain of muffler shops in the surrounding area. He eventually decided to lease all but one of his shops to other operators and kept the Mountain View Muffler Shop in Granby to operate himself. 
That shop was located on a two-acre property he purchased for the reported price of $42,000. In the late 1990s, Hemeyer was approached by Mountain Park Concrete, who offered to buy his land for $250,000 to build their new plant. Hemeyer initially agreed, but later raised the price to $375,000, and then again reportedly asking for a million dollars. With no deal in the works due to Hemeyer's seemingly irrational counteroffers, the business owners went to the Granby City Council with a proposal to rezone the area adjacent to his property. This would mean that a huge concrete plant would be right next to Hemeyer's shop. Hemeyer was concerned that the plans for the new facility would not only close off the only access road to his business, but that the amount of dust generated from that type of operation would be intolerable. Despite countless objections from Hemeyer that his business, and therefore his livelihood, would suffer, in 2001, the Town of Granby Zoning Commission passed the plant's rezoning request. Not surprisingly, Hemeyer immediately appealed the Zoning Commission's ruling. During the appeal, he started a grassroots community effort by starting a petition to protest the construction of the concrete plant, and he set out to collect signatures. Unfortunately for Hemeyer, the Zoning Commission's original decision was not going to change. Interestingly, there were rumors circulating Granby at that time that Mountain Park Concrete and some members of the City Council were engaged in shady and unethical deal-making, although nothing has ever been proven. As if to make it worse, the town then fined Hemeyer $2,500 for violating city ordinances, specifically neglecting to have the sewer line connected to his muffler shop, and for automobile debris littered on the property. Hemeyer was furious, but eventually paid the fine and also submitted plans to the town council for a new access road for his customers, even going as far as to buy a bulldozer for the project. When the town rejected the access road proposal, and the new landowners refused to allow him to use a small section of their land to install the sewer line, Hemeyer's anger turned into something entirely different. With apparently all options exhausted, Marvin Hemeyer sold his property to another business, and with a deal that allowed him to continue using a section of the shop, he began a one-and-a-half-year plan to exact his revenge on the town and the concrete plant. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The bulldozer he bought to create the new access road was a 32-foot-long, 12-foot-high, 50-ton beast out of the box. By the time Hemeyer was done with his modifications, 
It would look like something out of a post-apocalyptic Mad Max film, standing at over 13 feet tall and weighing in at a staggering 61 and a half tons. The Killdozer, as it became known, was modified from a Komatsu D355A bulldozer. Two and a half inch thick steel plates were welded to the cabin, engine, and parts of the track and reinforced with concrete filler, forming a shell of armor one foot thick in places. Bonded plexiglass covered holes drilled to accommodate video cameras that were installed so Hemeyer could see outside the completely protected cab. The video cameras were connected to several monitors inside, which also housed an air conditioning and air filtration system. The modifications would eventually prove extremely effective against the armor-piercing ammunition, explosives, small arms fire, and grenades used by authorities during the rampage. Hemeyer also drilled three holes, used as gun ports. One was fitted at the rear for a 50 caliber semi-automatic rifle. Another was at the front for a second assault rifle. And the third for a 22 caliber long rifle located at the right side. He also carried two sidearms, a 357 Magnum and a 9mm, which were fired through small ports also inside the cabin. When Hemeyer finally finished transforming the bulldozer into a veritable tank, he lowered the steel and concrete armor hub over the cabin using a crane. He climbed inside, knowing full well that he might never leave the cabin again. It was Friday, June 4th, 2004. The machine will do one of two or three times. You're either going to blow me right off the streets, I'm going to have a heart attack and die because I'm all pumped up. The machine's going to break. Or maybe, maybe it'll go all day and I'll run out of fuel. I don't know. I got a lot of fuel in that thing, let me tell you. So I'm trying to be as prepared as I can be to do what I believe needs to be done, what God has inspired me to do. And we'll see where it goes. At around 3 p.m., Hemeyer began his destructive path by driving the killdozer through the wall of his former business. He then headed straight for Mountain Park Concrete next door, where he plowed into the side of the plant. This is News 4 at 5. This story's been developing since about 3 o'clock. This is file tape of a man who's got into some a bulldozer that he's made into a makeshift armored covered bulldozer and he's describe it for us because when when someone says bulldozer to us we see a large machine with a front loading bucket right think it's, of the biggest bulldozer you ever seen in your life with the blade on the front completely covered up with steel wow. steel plating in other words correct you're talking you're saying steel plating so, yeah, someone... he, he also smashed into a huge front loader truck that the plant's owner used in an attempt to stop the destruction but the truck was no match for the modified earth mover and was pushed out of the way like a sandbox toy. I can see it now. You know what? It looks like a locomotive. He's got so much stuff on it. He's got a stack on the front for the exhaust to come out. He's got gun turrets. He's even got the tracks covered up. Somebody spent months and months and months to make this vehicle to do exactly what he's doing. To do exactly what he's doing. To do exactly what he's doing. You meddled in my business and took what I deserved away. You took advantage of my good nature. And another thing you should learn is that when you visit evil upon someone, be assured it will revisit you. And that is what is happening. 
As the 911 call started pouring in, Hemeyer steered toward the center of Granby, authorities in close pursuit. And it looked like uh, officers standing on a hill above this uh, earth mover turned tank were firing some pretty heavy arms at him, trying to find a weak spot, trying to find some way to uh, immobilize. This they are firing some shots. Yeah, there goes another shot. They got a really big, high-powered rifle they're trying to pierce the metal with. Hemeyer's path of destruction targeted businesses and buildings connected with those involved with the rezoning of his property and others he simply held grudges against. We understand some of the targets. Um, it appears that he has specific targets. It's not yeah, just building after next street. to each other. Next on his list was the house of the town's former mayor. The 82-year-old homeowner looked on in horror as the bulldozer demolished the house and garage. Hemeyer then briefly stopped the killdozer at the independent propane company's storage facility, stocked with propane tanks. Using the 50 caliber rifle, he made several attempts to cause a massive explosion by firing directly at them. Fortunately, his plan didn't work. Propane company yard. We thought for a time he might actually be taking out some of the propane tanks. He kind of looked like that's what he was thinking about. And then he took off and headed into the downtown area again. His attention back on the town, he backed up and continued on his mission of destruction. He went on to destroy or severely damage over a dozen buildings, scores of automobiles, lampposts, and trees. Some of those buildings included the office of the local newspaper, City Hall, a hardware store owned by a member of the town board of trustees, a utility services center, and the town library, which only minutes earlier was occupied by children and staff. Can you give us an idea of of uh, the damage that this man has caused so far in the Yeah, town. it looks like he drove through the cement plant, drove through a concrete form plant, completely wiped out town hall, and then took out the newspaper office. And now he's attacking XL Energy's gas office. And then he went after the concrete company first. He then made his way down Main Street of Granby and actually was taking out buildings as he passed, took out the t much of the town hall, took out the library, may have gone through the Liberty Bank. It actually looks like he might have punched in one side of a new Liberty Bank in Granby and came out the other. Just over two hours from the moment it began, Hemeyer's machine of destruction stopped amid a pile of rubble which moments earlier had been the Gamble's hardware store. As it tore almost entirely along the side of the building, the heavy machine fell partially through the floor into the basement and was rendered immobile. We had SWAT team members trying to figure out how to get inside the, the Caterpillar. And is that where it stands right now, Lou? Have they gotten inside? Do we, you know? We don't know. We haven't been able to communicate with our crew on the ground up here. He, he, you can see he just... As members of the SWAT team immediately converged on the disabled bulldozer, reports soon emerged of a single gunshot being heard originating from inside the cabin. The rampage was over. So far, we're hearing no one's been injured, but that has not been confirmed. Luann, let's go back to you, please tell me. Given the utter destruction that had occurred, authorities and emergency responders were stunned when they realized that there was only one casualty, Marvin Hemeyer. Workers initially used explosives to try and breach the armor plating, but were unsuccessful. 
After several failed attempts, a cutting torch and crane were brought in to cut through and lift the pieces off. In the early hours of the following day, the team gained access to the bulldozer's cabin. Inside, they found the body of Marvin Hemeyer, killed by a self-inflicted shot from his 357 handgun. During the siege, and with no clear way to stop it, police would later comment that hundreds of rounds of ammunition were used against the machine with no impact at all to the steel-reinforced armor plating. Officials even considered using an Apache attack helicopter from the nearby National Guard station. While the issue of collateral damage was discussed, the plan was quickly laid to rest when the killdozer became stuck. In the end, Marvin Hemeyer and his reinforced armor-plated Earthmover caused an estimated $7 million in property damage to Granby, Colorado. A note written by Hemeyer, later found by authorities, simply says, I was always willing to be reasonable, until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. I think the community of Granby will be stronger. I think that they will understand after years Businesses have since rebuilt, and the physical scars may be gone, but residents will never forget when their beautiful town was almost completely demolished by the Killdozer. True is a production of Imperative Entertainment. This episode of True was researched and written by me. The executive producer is Jason Hoke of Imperative Entertainment. Cover art and design was created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. Comments? Questions? Get a hold of us at podcasts at imperativeentertainment.com. A huge thanks for listening. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.